psychological matters. And uh, we go straight into it. Justin Lacey is clinical executive at Prof Med. Justin, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Welcome to 702. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Tabu, and thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you with us, and uh, that's why I, I'm expressing my gratitude because uh, you are speaking on behalf of many employees of South Africa out there, and we don't talk about this question enough. Firstly, what propelled the study? Why did you decide to delve into understanding the numbers, the stats about stress levels at work? Yes, so ProfMed has undertaken the stress index on an annual basis for for quite a few years now. And it really is a an annual survey to understand the stress dynamic in our membership. Um, so Tabo, our membership actually comprises exclusively of a large graduate professional base sure. from a, a variety of different settings. So we have um, approximately 60% of our membership are medical professionals and the rest are obviously from the, the financial arena, the, the, the engineering and building um, areas and, and so forth. And we actually compile the results and um, which assist us in framing the stress dynamics so that we can understand what what the causes are and how members are actually dealing with um, with stress specifically amongst our members and this uh, then assists us in uh, perhaps amending and formulating benefits that can actually speak to their needs mm. Mm. Justin, I, when I introduced the show, I did mention that uh, 40% of your respondents um, asserted to the fact that work-life balance was the number one driver of stress in their lives. And they also mentioned uh, toxic environments and workload. Uh, what were some of the key takeaways that came out of uh, the study, out of uh, the survey uh, that we haven't mentioned? And we will delve into all these in a short while. Yes, so Tabo, as you've mentioned, and I won't repeat it, I just wanted to say that the, the stats that you have already mentioned are, are very interesting for us because the, the, out, the outcome of, of what, what you've already indicated in terms of work um, in, reflects that essentially that stress is predominantly work-related or, or so the results indicate this time around in the, the stress index. And if I can just, you know, the back of that work relate, those work related stress results, mm. uh, the, indica- uh, the index further revealed that 72% of professionals have never sought help for stress. Mm. Uh, further mm. to that, and most surprisingly, um, is that almost half of the respondents were reported to be either satisfied or very satisfied mm. with the way that they currently manage their stress which mm. might explain why so few of them have actually sought help because they feel feel as if they can deal with it on their own. 
Mm-hmm. So I think those those were pretty much the, the highlights that really jumped off the page for us. Sure. And um, again, without being too boring uh, and looking at the mechanics first of the of the actual uh, study uh, of the actual survey, um, I see that you have touched on the fact that there were about two thousand professionals uh, that were uh, surveyed in this instance. That the sample is quite large. Were there any specific sectors that you focused on? And I'm just asking that so that we have an inclination of industries and the levels of professionals uh, that uh, you may have uh, spoken to uh, and and, uh, perhaps many of our listeners fall within that bracket. Oh, absolutely. So just, just a correction, it was actually some 3,000 responses that, that we received. Even bigger. Uh, from, the, from the survey. Um, and that is from a, prox- from a, a, a cohort of approximately 35,000 principal members and 75,000 beneficiaries within the scheme. Mm. So we feel that 3,000 responses is um, a very good outcome yeah. um, as far as we're concerned. Uh, to answer your question in terms of the the graduate professionals who actually responded to the survey, as I've already indicated, 60% of our membership are medical professionals. So we did actually see the largest response from the medical cohort, uh, mostly medical doctors from a variety of different specialities. And then, of course, accountants, lawyers and engineers. Mm, mm, mm. And now... Uh, let's let's try to get into the survey itself. I'm sure there were some uh, key critical questions and uh, perhaps I'm abusing my little bit of exposure <laughs> into the world of research and maybe we need not be that technical. Uh, but I'm sure there were some three critical questions that were drivers of uh, the study, if of, of the survey. Um, give us a hint, please, if you will, even if it's just on, on, on the periphery. Of course. So, the obvious questions were, uh, what is the cause of your stress, which we've already, um, we've already covered yeah. in, in the conversation already. And, uh, and then, of course, we wanted to know from, mem- from respondents how, the, how stress affects them and what they actually do to mm. deal in dealing with their stress. Mm. So I think those those two points are, are quite relevant and, and could be very interesting for the listenership. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so, so that, that we got some, some interesting but also some obvious answers from those questions. Sure. Um, uh, perhaps you did mention this and pardon me if I might have missed it uh, in the beginning, but um, uh, regarding those questions again uh, on, on, on this, uh, was it written or was it uh, face-to-face? Did they have to submit uh, the, the, the responses online? What was uh, the, 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 the model of uh, the survey? So it was an online survey. All our members were, were sent an email with the link to the survey and uh, there were a couple. We, we try and keep the survey questions short and sweet mm. so that people mm. don't lose interest sure. because we want short and sharp answers. Uh, and it was, it, would, it was pretty much, it wasn't a very long involved survey. Mm. And, uh, and then obviously once they completed the survey, they just, they just clicked sure. submit and the, uh, the, the answers were then it submitted and we were able then to collate sure. 
all the answers and and draw the results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes through the the uh, the machinations of 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 a survey and or research. So uh, here here here's the thing, uh, Justine, and perhaps now it's the perfect time to jump straight into the issues. Um, the work-life balance, and there have been a v- it's been a very topical uh, subject uh, since we saw COVID and 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 uh, the related uh, phenomena in our society. In this instance, it's quite interesting that a huge number of them do not necessarily mention the workload as the number one factor in this instance. As as a matter of, of, of fact, it's work-life balance. One would have thought everyone else is swamped at work, deadlines, but it's the balance. Tabla, I think the workload actually contributes to affecting work-life balance mm. because we're finding more and more people, especially in this day and age, I think that employers are expecting more and more from people. So the workload increases. And as a result, people end up working longer hours and pushing the limits, which then has a sort of a knock-on effect on the work-life balance. Mm. So I think that they're all interrelated Mm, mm, at the end of the day mm. if one really thinks about it. Sure, sure, sure. And... Um, the second one then, um, as, as they mentioned here, that uh, uh, toxic work environment is also mm. a big factor. Whilst we know what that is, I'm interested in understanding it from your viewpoint. <laughs> yes, it's quite a wide uh, mm. topic and I think more prevalent than we, we actually realize. It, it's, it's often one doesn't even realize one's working in a toxic environment. So that, that's often encouraging the wrong type of behavior. You know, they say the fish rots from the head. Yeah. So if you have a, um, a poor leadership at the top, it often filters down um, into poor practices uh, within the rest of the business. And um, that would be possibly an environment that's lacking in honesty and integrity, uh, where there is no attention to detail, sloppy work and poor quality, and people are are allowed to get away with disrespect. Uh, You know, just to mention a, a few things. So I think it's important to understand that the longer one works in a toxic environment, the harder it is to recognize that you're actually in that environment. You can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah, yeah. And it sometimes requires taking a big step back and looking from the outside in to understand what's what's going wrong in the environment and, and what corrections need to be taken. Mm-hmm. And I, I would suppose again, uh, Justine, that for a toxic work environment to prevail, either those in management or the leaders of the workplace environment would be deliberately looking away, uh, indifferent, or even worse, encouraging that sort of work culture. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tabo. I mean, the management set the example. So it's really, if if management can get away with, with setting a poor example or bad behavior, then it's almost acceptable then for for everybody else. Sure to conduct themselves in the same way. And, uh, you know, hence I 
asked earlier on about the industries that we're talking about and the levels of uh, uh, professionals that uh, are occupying uh, in your survey so as to understand that uh, someone perhaps at a factory shop and someone uh, at um, a lesser a prominent level of uh, of management would think that uh, the toxic workplace only happens in those environments only and not above and not in other professions, not in other industries. It's quite fascinating that also in the medical professionals, amongst mod- medical professionals, there is uh, something as a toxic work environment as a whole lot of people um, aspire to work in those industries uh, but there are various interesting commonalities between uh, all other industries of work. It is very interesting, and you raise a very good point because I think that the, the, uh, there is a, a, a preconception mm. out in the world that toxic environments is something that's associated with with low class, low, the lower class, perhaps blue collar workers, mm. Uh, mm. big. Uh, and it takes place in big factories and sort of at lower levels of employment. Mm. But you can get toxic environments in um, very wealthy companies and uh, big uh, big organizations that um, consider themselves uh, having a good reputation. But in actual fact, once you get into the nitty-gritty, uh, there's a, um, a, lot, a lot left to be desired when it comes to the way organizations work mm, mm, mm. and um, I, I was just also looking at the workload even though we've touched on it uh, a whole lot of employees feel that they're caring way too much and I would assume that comes with um, the competitiveness of various industries it yes. would come with the desire to uh, improve the bottom line um, and we, the post-COVID environment does not help at all as a recovery, economic recovery is underway and perhaps we are pressing too much on the pedal uh, with our foot to, may, uh, to create as, many, uh, as much profit as possible. So um, yes. are those some of the, 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 the issues, Justine? Yes, Tabo, I, I would agree with you completely. I wanted to mention COVID, and even though the, many of us consider the panic, uh, sorry, the pandemic mm. far behind us, mm. it still has had a lasting effect um, on on many areas of our lives. And I think the pandemic certainly uh, did throw a different spin on things when it came to work life balance. Mm. Many people were forced. Uh, to stay at home and conduct their work from their bedrooms mm-hmm. or if they were lucky enough to have a, a separate room that they could in actual fact work in. And that is when the the boundaries became very blurred because bosses would contact you at all hours of the day and expect you to be available. Um, I'm talking obviously, I'm generalizing sure. here, sure. of course, but um, it, it's, at the, at the same time, people were pleased to, to be at home and to be able to walk from one room into another to start their lives in the evening, their personal mm. lives in the evening. Mm. But unfortunately, with the workload spin on things as well, mm. uh, people started working longer, getting up earlier, working longer into yeah. the evening yeah. and compromising 
on their their personal time. Mm. So it's almost as if it's a a contradiction in terms because the pandemic forced us to be at home, which we thought would be a, a positive thing for our personal lives, and yet it pushed us into um, taking on more and more of a workload and and often dealing with it in isolation as opposed to being in an office where one can actually um, share the the stress and and be able to vent with your colleagues and and focus in person together Mm. um working alone at home is a different kettle of fish and it's, it's often a lot more difficult to cope with Quite, quite interesting. Uh, Justine Lacey is my uh, guest. She is a clinical executive at ProfMed. They have just released, uh, they've just released uh, a very interesting survey uh, that looks at stress levels uh, at a workplace and uh, interesting, interesting extrapolations uh, that come from that um, particularly that particular survey and I'm interested in knowing from you really I would love to hear from you as someone who goes to work perhaps you are driving home from work how are you affected by this work-life balance do you feel that you are overly burdened by the load of work do you feel that there is toxicity in your work environment do you feel that you can't really get to enjoy your other part of your life other than work dominating uh, too much of your personal space. I'd love to hear from you. Do you agree with what has come out and what has been your experience most importantly? Sean is giving us a call from Greenstone. Hey, good evening, Sean. Welcome to 702. Good evening, Tabo. And good evening, Justin. Very interesting topic and very needed, I think, <laughs> to, to shine the light on this. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, just the touches on COVID as well, but I think the broader issue is that if we define toxicity and stress and all these things as, as basically making the workspace unfunctionable, so they're not posting a profit to their shareholders, they're busy worrying about other things. Mm. Um, I think the biggest driving force by far, especially if you're in your 30s or your 20s or, or a millennial, let's say if you're up to about your 40s, is remuneration. That is the most toxic, destructive, evil thing mm-hmm. that happens in the corporate space. And luckily I worked for myself for the last 15 years, but I still dip my toe into the corporate world and I see what's going on there. And mm. it is insane to expect people to come to work every day and try and focus on a job when they can't even make ends meet. And I'm not mm. talking about people who didn't study, people who don't work hard. I'm talking about lawyers and, 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 and qualified people, engineers, all these types of people and, 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 and people without qualifications. You know, you come to a workspace every day, you're worrying about how you're going to feed your kids, how you're going to pay the bills at um the, the bills at the end of the month and then you look over at your CEO especially if you're in a corporate space and, and I love telling people this this blows their mind I mean you've got some of these CEOs who are earning like 100,000 rand a day sure. literally mm. and, and, and these are guys who only earn 33 million rand a year which is very very small I mean it goes up to about 300 million rand a year not lying you can look this up yourself what CEOs actually earn so I think there's a huge underlying discontent and, and anger towards um, upper management and middle management who are technically a lot of the time boomers, uh, 40, 50-year-old people, mm-hmm. a lot older. These are guys who are taking home 60, 70, 100, 120,000 rand a month when millennials are taking home 40,000 rand a month if they're lucky from often many of the same positions. So I think long-term, we're eventually going to get a let them eat cake kind of moment, which I hope we don't. But unless we start addressing uh, remuneration, it's going to cause big problems long-term because... You don't have to be a, 
a very smart person to figure this out. But our, our, our spending base is, is collapsing. We don't have people who can go out and spend money. So even if the company is looking after itself in the short term by not paying its workers a lot of money, long term, you clean off the consumer base and your company relies on the consumer base. So. Sure. Yeah, got you, got you. Very interesting input, yeah. Sean. Really interesting. Thank Thanks, man. Uh, key, uh, stay tuned, stay tuned, Sean. Uh, Justine, your thoughts on uh, what yeah. Sean said? Yeah. Uh, it, uh, thanks, Tabo. It, it's it's an interesting point that Sean raises. Just from my my experience uh, since I started my career, you know, it's it, your salary is something you. It, it's just an. It, it's not not spoken about and uh, you don't dare talk about your salary you're almost warned not to talk about remuneration at work because uh, possibly because there uh, there is disparity and you're not to disclose what you earn to your colleagues uh, because it could cause uh, an uproar um, either way um, if you find out what they're earning and they earn more than you or mm. you earn more than them uh, so but I think what Sean says is really very relevant. I think it's very important that uh, people are remunerated adequately for the work they do. And uh, I think that a lot of organizations don't do key performance indicators on their staff. Mm. Um, So it's, I think, a very important thing because you can actually gauge your performance and be remunerated based on your quality of work and your performance. So having a KPI or a KPA, whether it's only a six monthly review, for mm. instance, for more senior staff, monthly, monthly review maybe for more junior staff, at least you get to have that conversation with your boss about your quality of work and your output, your productivity. Mm. You've got the opportunity to raise any concerns on a one-on-one basis with him or her and, uh, and, and, and talk about your remuneration if you've got any concerns about it. Mm. But I think it's very important for, for management uh, to have that available for staff. It's, it's only right. Mm. Staff, I know that people absolutely, some people dread their one-on-ones, but I think it's, it's very important uh, to have that so that you, you know that you're in, you know where you're at, uh, sure. whether you need to improve and um, you've got the opportunity, uh, you've got time with your boss to talk about things that are concerning you. There's something to be said about um, life outside work contributing yes. to life at work. Um, oh, definitely. And, and those two are intimately linked so much that uh, one cannot do without the other. And it's to the benefit of life at work that life outside work is actually stimulated as well. That's it. I, I can say it in a very few words. Sure. Uh, happy, healthy employee equals fantastic output, mm. happy customers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, there's a, a very positive knock-on effect if you pay attention to the needs of your employees at work. Mm. In other words, if you take care of their, or off, at least offer them something like an E, we call it an, an EAP, mm. Employee Assistance Program, mm which can offer counseling and advice on coping and stress management. 
for free. Mm. So in other words, the employer is paying for those services. So they're offered free to the employee Mm. and you don't find often that employees will actually use that benefit that's available to them. Mm. They would rather just buckle down and try and deal with the stress themselves. And Tabu, the problem is that when stress goes unchecked and it creeps into our lives without us even knowing it, Mm. if it goes unchecked, it can lead us down a very dark road and it will lead to burnout. And if you you think of... how easy it is to prevent burnout if you just implement a few useful techniques. You know, it's, it's very sad to see people in burnout when you think of how easy it is to prevent it. And, and we should, we, we'll get into that in a second, Justine. 072-702-1702. That's the number to send your text messages to. If you'd like to send a voice note, uh, please send it to that number as well. 072-702-1702. I'd love to hear from you as an employee and perhaps as an employer, as someone in senior management, as someone responsible for a cohort of workers below you, how do you manage that? How do you keep an eye on those who are working um, a rung below you to make sure that there is a an equitable balance between uh, work and life outside work? And what what are you doing? What what are some of the programs that you have in place to accommodate your employees? Um, And and even though uh, we are talking about professionals, but I'm sure that this will also apply in other areas as well, blue-collar workers and elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, uh, we're currently having a very heated uh, discussion at home, Justin, about uh, uh, the (laughs) Uh, about our helper and uh, the helpers uh, that we have just changed and uh, I'm I'm getting into trouble because I was advocating for the results of your study saying that she cannot be working so many hours. She'll be unhappy if she works so many hours. I'm glad there's something formal that argues in my favor but because obviously (laughs) if someone is working many hours even though they love their job even even though they are passionate about their job they are more likely to break at some point because of fatigue, because of stress, because of overexposure to this um, one uh, routine that they do on a day-to-day basis. So, Justin, let's talk about help. What can be done from yourself as an employee and you feel that I'm truly, truly stressed? What are some of the mm-hmm. things that you can do, perhaps even outside, outside, your, uh, outside the remit of your employer? Right. So, it just, uh, Tabo, if I could just go back, maybe from a work perspective, there are a couple of integral things that one, one can implement immediately for free. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it doesn't take a lot to do this. And the first would be, to, to set clear boundaries. And in actual fact, this doesn't just apply to the work environment. It applies to the, your, your personal environment as well. Set clear boundaries. Let people know uh, if you, you, um, you can make plans or not. But be firm if you feel that you, you, you're not in a position to, to make plans from a personal perspective. Clear boundaries at work would be obviously establishing 
a boundary between your work and your personal life. Mm. An example would be to switch the laptop off at an hour that you decide ahead of time, you think you've got your, sure. another, another point is your effective time management skills. So you've, you've planned your day and you know ahead of time that you're going to turn your laptop off at five o'clock this afternoon and, uh, and, and the work will always be there. Mm. So you have to draw the line at some point. And obviously it, it really very much depends on the type of work that you do. And if something, obviously if something urgent comes up, you may need to work a little late that evening, but you should never make it a habit. Mm. And, and other, sure, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Justin. Apologies. Sorry, Tabo. Uh, yeah, the other, um, the other point is to integrate breaks into your routine for mental refreshment, because we are not robots. At the end of the day, we are only human, and we can only take so much in in thirty to forty-five minute uh, bites yeah. of time. So it's very important to get up from your desk and walk around and take a break if it's going and sitting with a cup of coffee on a bench in the garden, if you mm. work from home, or going and having a, a chat with a colleague, just to, to break your mind away from your work. Mm. They say that sitting is the new smoking. <laughs> I read an article the other day. <laughs> and my, my, uh, my boyfriend continually tells me this as well. Yeah. Um, and so I... It's something that I've just um, not forgotten. Yeah. And I read an article that, that they were quite serious about it. They said, if you're going to sit you, for, for long periods of time during the day, yeah. you are going to increase your risk for cardiovascular disease, which is one of the top five most prevalent chronic diseases in the country. Mm. So mm. get up from your desk. You Don't sit all day long mm. and try and delegate tasks if you can mm. uh, just to, to try and take away give somebody else some of that responsibility mm. Mm. so that's yeah. what you can do from a work perspective sure sure um, um I, I, I was, personally yes yes sorry were you no go ahead did you want no, no, so go just ahead. very quickly from a personal perspective i think one of the big things and we, we see it in a lot of articles it's very much out there at the moment, people are becoming more and more aware of um, the electronics and the digital world and how social media contributes to depression and anxiety and how important it is to take a step back from that. Mm. So we say try a digital detox. Mm. Mm. Choose one day in the week, probably a weekend is more, more practical, and just Put your phone away for the day. Mm. Play with your kids, play with your dog, go to a movie with your husband and just forget about your phone. Mm. I think we're just so, we're too connected to our phones mm. sometimes. Mm. Mm. Justin Lace is my guest, clinical executive at ProfMed. We are looking at their survey that came out. It looked at uh, the burnout from workplace stress and they said it's at an all-time high as professionals continue to grapple with the notion of work-life balance and uh, this survey also uh, it's called the ProfMed Stress Index. It indicates that an overwhelming 40% of uh, respondents uh, are looking at, are are saying that work-life balance was the number one driver of stress in uh, their lives. What is the number one stress driver of 
your life and uh, um, I, I, I'd like to hear from you as a professional. Um, how are you coping? How are you making sure that you are putting a certain amount of energy in your work as you ought to, as you are paid to, but you're also somehow preserving yourself and refreshing yourself and making sure that the other life doesn't suffer and uh, your workplace how is it like is it toxic is it welcoming is it open is it friendly uh do you look forward to going to work and um, uh, do you agree with the survey and uh, what's your opinion on on this uh 011-883-0702 uh i'd love to hear from you listen you are in midrand good evening welcome hey tada Hey, Tara. Uh, um, hi to um, um, Justine. The, Justine, there. Yes. You know, she hi was. There. Um, hi, Justine. Um, she was. You know. You, you know. I, I. I'll actually give you. Uh, give you an example. A relevant example yes, myself. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, I've, I've built a couple of businesses and got rid of them while they were while they are successful, and I'm busy building one. Mm. And this one, I've decided I'm gonna stay in the business. This business forever. Mm. And. The thing is that it is not easy to us. You know, as I speak to you right now, I'm 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 going to a client uh, to an event at a client to collect uh, some of my stuff. Mm. It's not easy to, yeah. to to run a business. Mm. It's, it's 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 hard. Mm. Um, the mm. earlier caller said, the earlier caller said, um, we might have a problem because of um somebody earns forty thousand and the CEO earns three hundred million. I mean, the three hundred million that we, uh, that that CEO ends, or that the business owner ends. Yeah. Um, it, it makes up for for this. It makes up for being on the road the whole day. It was. I've yeah. been up yeah. since five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm still up now. I'm. Yeah. I have to. I'm gonna probably sleep at twelve or one o'clock. Yeah. And you employ people, Chivos. You yeah. employ people. You employ people you know. You employ people you don't know. Mm. And mm. you over. You mm. even overpay them. My my thing has been in the last two years. The wife says to me, "You gotta get someone." To help you, you know, a driver, or some someone that can that can um, we get another car, another bike, and I, I tried that last year. She was, yeah. Um, it's it's not working. Yeah. I mean, you get people, you hire people, you overpay them, hoping yeah. they will be happy. Yes. And <laughs> some of them, some of them still goes and with your bike and go yeah. drink yeah. while while they're waiting and all of that. And it, mm. it's very hard to get loyal people. I can tell you that for sure. Um, I've got two boys that work for me now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've decided these boys have been, what well, the one boy has been loyal. He's just finished his metric. He asked me for a job when he was doing, um, grade eight. Yes. I said, no, stand at eight. Stand at grade, grade 10, sorry. Yeah. Grade 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, I get them and, confused as well. Don't worry. Yeah, I get, yeah. So, <laughs> and he's been with me from then. And, and last year it was so hard because I said to him, you taking time to pass your metric. Yeah. Take time. Metric. And when he came back, he found me, I was, I was bent out. Bent out. I, I, I'm still bent out as it is, you know. Mm. And I said to myself, you know, this boy has been with me for three years and the other boy always helps us and goes and helps. He's also loyal. I said, I, I, tell myself, I said to myself, this one, this two, I'm going to make sure they get licenses and I'm going to make sure I build my business be, uh, around this point. Yes, because they yes. are loyal. Yeah. So they are loyal. They're, they're very loyal. The one boy, the, the mm. one who finished metric and finished the family cannot take him forward. I said to him, we work on, we work, this year we work on your, your, your license yeah. and we work, we work, 
But next year, I need you back in school. Yeah. Le, le son, you should do something. Le, le son, you know, um, I'm picking up something and you are calling, representing employers in this instance. So you are saying yeah. that you are also feeling the pinch as an employer because uh, the yeah. employees at times wow. do not rise to the occasion. Uh, yeah. the, at times you do your best to extend a helping hand to show them that you are interested in their well-being and uh, they, uh, you know, uh, they just turn around and slap you on the face uh, and, and that's, that's, that's actually interesting but I would say before I allow Justin to just jump in here I would say that you know finding a good employee is also difficult it, it's, it's not easy and often mm-hmm. wrong employees wrong candidates rather uh, who make bad employees give great employees hard working employees a bad name uh, and I suppose those are the cases of leadership and entrepreneurship and ownership of businesses that uh, you must always be on a lookout and know how to get the right people who come to you at times disguised as uh, a great individuals. Once they get work, they show you your true colors. But Justine, what, what do you pick up from what Lishonolo is saying? It's an interesting spin and you're very right. The focus has very much been on the employee here and then we forget about the employer mm. and that's uh that simply um is not fair uh, you know i'm just saying in this conversation sure. we've focused more on the employee but i think employers and people in top management um face similar challenges to employees in terms of stress and um how they cope with that of course they've got um huge responsibilities and they have to carry often have to carry huge teams of people and even if they don't um like um this last caller um who is 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 dealing with uh, a lot of pressure and responsibility he's not carrying a huge team but um he still needs to be recognized for uh, the, the the stress and the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur, mm, mm. and uh, I think that is an, an entirely uh, diff- different conversation sure. because entrepreneurs are to certainly be admired. I don't think everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur, and those who um, go for it and are successful are, are really to be hugely admired it's yeah. not an easy position to be in not at all not at all and i understand that the survey was uh, like any other survey it has to be focused it has to be clinical in execution it has to uh, zoom into a particular problem and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah we that that's why we are talking about this specific one and not including um, employers in this instance but to what extent do employees particularly professionals carry the blame for, rightly or wrongly, the pretense of being superwoman, superman, uh, mm-hmm. and superhuman because we want to display this impression that we've got it all under control. Uh, there's a need at work, you raise your hand, I'll do it. Uh, and uh, there's a suggestion in a group that uh, they need this, you raise your hand that you'll do it. To what extent does the responsibility also lie with overly eager, enthusiastic, and mm. hopefully uh, employees who are trying also to create an impression to uh, the higher echelons to say that um, I'm ready for a bigger role and uh, at the expense of uh, our health? 
sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a big topic, Tabo, and it's. I think it's very hard uh, in in this day and age. Uh, once uh, there there is the impression that one has to work so much harder to prove mm. oneself. Mm. But if you have a boss who's on the ball, uh, they should recognise mm. your output and the quality of work that you're giving without you having to burn yourself out mm. to to, um, to try and prove them. Because if you if you really are having to go to such great lengths, either you don't have the right boss, or um, it's um, it, it's simply uh, you know you you you, you simply not meeting the grade if you're having to go all out all the time um perhaps if i could rephrase not not that one's not meeting the grade but rather that one is not going about it the right way um and just something has got to give it, it's hard for many working professionals to admit that they're not coping yeah. and we've developed this culture where it's acceptable to push through yes irrespective of how you're feeling mentally and physically. Mm, mm, mm. So just ditch that. Um, just, uh, you know, you might have a knot in your stomach. Uh, you yeah. might not be able to keep your eyes open. You um, are just going out of your mind with stress. Mm. But let's just push all of that aside and carry on. And that is that is just a, r- a ridiculous situation to be in because it, it's uh, nobody's going to come out the winner mm. your your organization will suffer because you're not being productive and you will suffer because eventually you're going to fall over from burnout sure. so one's got to develop that self-awareness um so that at all times you know how you're feeling and what your triggers are and then as you go forward carrying that self-awareness with you you're able to manage the triggers or avoid them. Mm. But because you you know yourself, you know if you're a morning person or an evening, per, uh, an evening person, are you an early bird or a night owl? Mm. You know, everybody's different. Mm. But we, we can't all just um, work like robots. Sure. So it's about catching yourself um, with that self-awareness, so that you you know how to manage your yourself, sure. and and you can actually practice. You must practice self-care. Yeah. There's also a lot going on out there about self-care, and people are becoming more aware of how important it is to make the time for that. This text message says, um, Hi Tavo, the biggest scam to professionals is work WhatsApp groups. They ensure 24-hour access to employees mm. and at uh, that time that's using your, at that time they're using your personal, you're using your personal phone number which is infringed upon during your personal time. How do we bypass that? I think once again it's about setting boundaries and if it's becoming a huge problem, my suggestion would be to say that those work WhatsApp groups um, should only be acted upon um, during work hours, for instance, and that after hours one is simply not available. Once again, it's got to be put into perspective and it all depends on the type of work you're doing. Um, If it's, if it's night, you know, if it's, work at night or yeah. if you've got to be available 
um, around the clock because you deal with emergencies. Yeah, you understand by. It's an entirely different story. Certainly, certainly. And some people are afraid to raise it. Uh, maybe if may, many of uh, the employees raise that and say, guys, uh, that's again within certain industries. We can't go beyond this. Um, let's leave it at that. But some yes. people feel that if I raise it, I'm going to be victimized. I won't be seen as a team player. I'll be ost- ostracized and uh, I'm not going to enjoy my work environment. So uh, they just uh, forget about boundaries. Mm, and That is yeah. a problem. Yeah. 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 L- uh, listen, Justin, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Where can people yeah. get the study uh, to sit for themselves? That's if it's available from you guys. And um, they can go to the ProfMed website, and uh, um, everything that they're looking for should uh, should be on that website. We've got a um, an info hub uh, that contains a um, a wealth of information, including the results of the stress index. I enjoyed our discussion so much, Justine. <laughs> I wish you a lovely Aww. evening. Hope we'll chat Thank again you. very soon. Thank you, Tabo. I enjoyed it too. Have a good evening. I wish you the same. Justine Lacey is clinical executive at ProfMed. You're on 702 and uh, we were just looking at the survey from ProfMed that looked at burnout from workplace and they mentioned uh, interesting drivers of stress for professionals at the workplace. Uh, second was a toxic work environment. Third was workload. And uh, the very first was uh, uh, work-life balance which many respondents felt that that was the biggest driver of their stress.